Welcome back to the Magicast, everybody. I know it's been a long time, but we are ready to jump right into it. I've got Alex. I've got Julian. Guys, it's been a long time. I know lots changed, lots happened. We've in the summer mercato. We had the first friendly today. Finished in the Champions League again. Just looking at that specifically, that's got to be something that we're happy about as Roma fans, no? I think we have to be. I think um, given the way the season ended, you know, it, it looked like second place was in doubt. We had to fight off Lazio. And then Mapu scores that winning goal in the derby, um, which, was, which was a great feeling. A little bittersweet, of course, because I don't think we wanted to end the season fighting for second. I think this is the season we all expected to end it fighting for first. Um, but, you know, things didn't go according to plan, to say the very least. Well, um, it, it did go according to the expectations, but in terms of the quality and performance, we really disappointed. All in all, I think second place was the best thing we could have done, given Juventus' strength. So... Just looking at the results, I think it was a good season, uh, or, you know, in terms of expectations, but we really underperformed the last half, and that was really worrying. Yeah, I, I think those are some really great points. I mean, if we look at it face value, second place, Champions League, we're all very excited about that. Um, and it, uh, it did, to a degree, meet expectations. Um, but then again, of course, uh, looking at... Um, the performances were really in second place as a result of everybody else sucking, you know, as much, if not worse than we did, right? So, uh, I would even say, you know, Juve faltered a good stretch to allow us to actually still be in contention for a bit of that, uh, stretch where we were drawing, uh, literally every single match for a good run there. So, looking at performances, looking at Rudy Garcia, this is where things really kind of lie for Roma. And this is where I look at something like today, and the result of today, and not just the result, but the performance themselves, because I was able to watch the match. And that's where I really get concerned. And before you guys start saying it, because I don't remember who it was, and whether it was here or whether it was on Twitter or whether wherever it was, it was like, oh, it's just a friendly, or oh, it's just the first friendly, or it's just the third friendly, or oh, it's just the last friendly. My concern was then, as it is now, how we play. We did not play very well during a lot of last year's friendly play. We did not play very well during a lot of last season's play. And we did not play very well during today's friendly. We actually lost to a team I don't even know and I don't care about. It could be a Sunday men's league for all I know. And we lost two to one. And Rudy Garcia comes out and says, you know, the four two three one is an option. Um, he thought the youngsters played well. He thought the guys were tired, but he feels that the loss was down to the fact that we were missing a few key players. We should not be losing to this team. We should be destroying this team. Yeah, regardless I just out there. This is where Greg and I disagree a little bit. I agree on paper, of course. We shouldn't be losing to these kinds of teams. But when we look at friendlies like this, I just... And I tweeted about this earlier today. So I'm going to shut off my AC because it's really loud. Um, I, I, We've been Roma fans for years and years and years. And I can't... I, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever really seen a correlation between how we do in preseason and how we do during the regular season. It's not, it's not about... It's not totally about results, though, Julian. It's how we play. There's it's, no it's, difference... I think it's, to an extent, it's all connected because um, 
the mentality of the players in the preseason games, to an extent, somewhat dictates the results. And when we see a guy like Gaston out there for the first time in, oh, we're probably pushing a year now since Gaston's last played, maybe, I don't know, nine months or so, to see him play, to see him be able to play, to see him fit, that those are the kind of things I'd, I'd rather take away from this. I, I'm, I didn't get to see the match, so I don't know if you can confirm this, Greg, but I heard Iago Falque had a pretty good game. Um, I heard we missed quite a few chances. Um, but I'm... I'm more excited to see um, the new formation in Castan out there. Now, Garcia said after the match he only played that formation because of um, absences he had up top. So I think we're, we're probably going to see a lot of 4-3-3 again this year. But I am willing to give him another chance only because we overperformed so much in our first year and we didn't have Castan or Strutman last year. And even if, you know... Just having those two players alone, I think, is going to make a huge difference for us just because of how good they are and how much better they are than the replacements that we have for them. They are good, and they and they do have a certain level of skill over the players that that we put out there for a good bit of last year. Um, but at the same point in time, our issues have not changed. We had This is, again, a crap team that we were playing against and we had zero ideas as to how to break this team down defensively. We we could not get quality chances with our, you know, the front set of four players are all our starters and studs, and they had zero answer for team nobody. That so, is my concern. Not result. I, yes, it's again, it's baked into the result, but the fact that this was the same issue that we've had since the last portion of Garcia's first year and most of last year, including that, that terrible run of draw. I think you bring up a good point. This has been an issue, but it's always, it's always in the games that, um, like Garcia's first year, we were, I think, only eight points behind Juve going into the last three games. And once they mathematically won the Scudetto, we lost the next three because we were playing the youngsters, playing different formations. But once the mental, once the games don't matter as much, the, you know, we just, under Garcia, we haven't really performed in the games that don't, that don't mean anything. So I just, I don't know how much stock I want to take away from this, even if you're right, it is the same issues. And keeping in mind that we really haven't done much on the Mercato front yet, and it seems like Jaco is a name that keeps getting thrown around, Bruno Perez is a name I think all three of us would absolutely love to have, um, a guy like Sirigu maybe coming over, so, it's it's t- it's tough to predict only because we don't know how many of these guys that are on the field today are going to be starting come our first game in September. If, if Ed and Jaco was on the field today, he would have done absolutely nothing as much as the players that were in his role today as well. It's got to do with how we are playing the game. What what was insignificant? You talk about the games that don't matter as much. The the games that we, when we drew ten games in a row in the middle of a scudetto chase, what was insignificant about those games? When we couldn't play well. No, no, those games are not the ones I was referring to. I mean, I, you know, I but think our first season in world hockey. But is it is it to so it's more creating the chances more than executing them? Absolutely, we have. There was zero chance creation. They had no. The, the strikers don't attack together. The midfielders don't attack together. The midfielders and the strikers aren't attacking together. They don't know how to play together. We must have like got lucky. Sold under a lucky star or something to to start off Garcia's first year, where we were just catching everybody on the counter. They figured out how to play against us, and this team sat a lot of players back, and we just had no answer. 
All passes are still going sideways and backwards. There's no pressure being put on the defense. We're not forcing the defense to uh, come out. Now, if we lost the game 5 nothing today, but every single attempt we had with the ball was putting pressure on the defense and showing that we were making an adjustment from the failures of the last year and a half, I'd actually accept that. But what concerns me is there's still zero adjustment by Garcia in how he is approaching teams that, that we play. That's my, my biggest concern. He hasn't shown one adjustment since the time. 4-3-3 to 4-2-3-1, I've said this till like I'm blue in the face on Twitter. <laughs> the formation matters zero. I, to, I can put a 4-3-3 on the pitch and have it be the most defensive team you've ever seen. The formation does not matter. It's how we play. And that has not changed one bit. And that is a huge, huge concern for me. I, I uh, spent the last two hours on the on the road, so I did not watch the game. But you watched the game, Greg. Gaston looked great. Um, he showed a lot of his, uh, you know, grinta that that you know we we love to see. Um, Paredes played okay. Um, I mean, had, if you can break down the game from the positives, from the most negatives, what would that be? Mapu did not have a great game. Um, some of the young guys uh, played played uh, okay, uh, but but other than that, I mean that's that's kind of my point. Plug in the people and the players and thing, uh, however you want. How the game was played is exactly how it was played during every single struggled match of the last year plus. That is the big issue. It's like we just you know the the definition of insanity, right? Uh, expecting or uh, what what does it go? Do you guys know how it goes? Not changing anything, but expecting different results. Right. right. Feeding the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. So there, that's, that's kind of what's, what's going on right here because we're not changing anything. You know, it seems like the guys are playing the same exact way. They're so, well, you know, what, you know what it is, Greg? I don't, I don't disagree with you to an extent. I think for the time being, I don't want to say it's a moot point, but given that it's preseason, given that Palota is certainly standing behind Garcia for now, and given that we still really haven't done much in the Mercato, and who only knows what Sabatini has up his sleeve, I just, I'm, I'm worried that we're seeing the same issues. I'm just not, I want to give the benefit of the doubt that I'm hopeful that maybe, given the moves we'll make, um, and given what, what tends to happen once we play games with intensity, I'm hoping we won't see them come the, you know, the actual season. Now, I think your point is valid. I think you, we have a legitimate chance that we might see them. And I'm not sure how big Garcia's rope is going to be this season. I don't know how loyal Pelota is going to be if we're falling into the same traps over and over. Because I kind of want to segue this into how strong some of the other teams in Serie A have gotten. And I'm thinking about Inter in particular have made some fantastic moves this Mercato. And they finished eighth last season with 55 points. I'm willing to bet a very large sum of money they are not going to be eighth and they're going to have quite a few more points this season. Um, and I think that Milan looked like they're serious about investing. I pray we don't sell them Romagnoli because I think that's kind of the missing piece they really need. And even Juventus, who lost Pirlo and Tevez, they brought in Dybala and Mandzukic and um, who am I blanking on? I know they brought in somebody else. But they've been replacing the players they're losing. So it's going to be tougher for us. I'm hoping that it's tougher for everybody and that we make the investments we need in order to keep house. We can buy Zeku and we can buy other great players, but we need to fix 
you know, how to play because I think we already have a great foundation with the players. Just I'm uncertain if this will be an easy season. See, I don't know because for me it's always a chicken and the egg. It's how bad is our play because our defense – and it's it's confusing because our defense didn't concede a terrible amount of goals overall. It's not like our defense was one of the worst ones in the division last year. It was still pretty good, all things considered. But it's it's not as sturdy as it used to be. And not having Mike on, not having Castan, not having Benatia, I think that had a knock-on effect going forward. If we can get a fullback like Bruno Perez with Castan back, if we can sturdy up the back and have the fullbacks be more involved in actually generating play, does that kind of alleviate the issue of Garcia's tactics always being the same? And I don't know. I think it could help a little bit. I think that was the main difference from the first season. It was how how important Maikon was on the right back. And uh, I think we played with Dodo and who else did we play on the left back? Maybe Torosidis uh, a bit. And, you know, we had, I think the wingers and Gervinho, everyone just... Uh, played a lot better when they had wing backs that pushed forward and, and, uh, especially Mancon was great for us that season. And losing him with injuries last season and, you know, Torosidis playing such a large role, that drop in quality, I think that explained parts of the problems we had going right. forward. It's only, it's only part of it. I want to be clear. I think Greg has a legitimate point, but I can't help but think, you know, if Juve had lost Vidal, Barzagli and Licksteiner, for the pretty much the entire season, how many would they have still won the Scudetto? They they probably would have, but would it have been harder for them? Of course. And so I think that's that's kind of our problem is it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of injuries. It's a little bit of bad tactics, and then it's a knock on effect with mentality and confidence. And until we start fixing, but I think fixing any one of those might be enough to help with the others. Yeah, so yeah, I mean it will probably explain the tactics of Garcia if that actually happens that we get an upgrade on the wingbacks and we, we might get that final answer on, on Garcia's uh, you know um, tactics because uh, we had very poor uh, wingbacks last year if we get good ones this year and it, things suddenly click again can probably explain uh, large parts of the, the offensive uh, things we struggled with last season but you know, as of now, I'm I'm very concerned. Um, I think we're still, on paper, perhaps the second strongest team in the league, uh, given I expect uh, a signing into. But I'm more worried on the on the same things Greg picked up on today's game that we. I don't think Garcia suddenly will be, you know, so much different. If we get two great fullbacks. I might change and be more optimistic. But right now, I think the whole thing will... It might collapse just due to the fact we don't have a coach that, you know, wants us to play the right kind of football. So I'm worried, to be to be honest. So I don't share either of yours optimism on how much impact... Uh, the fullback would have, a better fullbacks would have had last year based on how we play. I am completely in agreement that we need upgrades in those departments. Um, and I'll be, you know, appreciative of whatever it is that they can give us. But if we take it back to the, to the root cause of, of Garcia and adjustments, 
you know, he has to know going into it that he doesn't have a whole lot, right, to help him out in the fullback position. So let's say we'll give him a buffer of the first 10 games of the season when guys got hurt and was like, okay, this is what I'm, I'm stuck with. And then looking at the series of, of terrible performances that we put in, you know, why, why doesn't it register? Like, okay, I don't have that asset. That's not an arrow I have in my quiver. So therefore I can't play that game. I need to change how it is that we play in order for us to be effective. And that never happened. We slowly drifted into, and this is exactly what popped into my head while we were watching this game. And somebody actually, or some website was kind of live tweeting, uh, or, or had a, like a live updates as to what was happening in the game. And I copy and pasted this, and it was Ancora Roma in Possesso. And I copied that, and I said, things I've seen too many times yielding no result. Um, because, and the, the thing that popped into my head was, we have become Luis Enrique's Roma. I was just, just going to say that. That's what we've become. When, when, when we, the first year of Rudy Garcia, I think we all agreed, like, this is the best of both worlds, right? We are attacking, we are pressing, we are putting pressure on the defense like Zeman, but without the guilt, <laughs> you know, of, of leaving our defense empty-handed, and we, like, when I'm watching this game today, I'm like, side pass, back pass, back pass, side pass, side pass, side pass, step forward, it's, side pass. I, but this is, and I don't want to belabor this too much. I think we should move on to another topic. I do want to say, Greg, it's, but is there a difference in the player's mentality and willingness to pass forward if they know that Ed and Jaco is up front compared to Mattia Destro? I, and I don't, I don't know that. They me today. Who, who would not want to get that guy the ball? Are the, but even even so, like I, even um, is there more willingness to play a ball, a riskier ball, out to the wing if they think Bruno Perez can run onto it instead of Ashley Cole? And do you see what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I that, I'm not sure I, that not having those players won't also contribute to having better play, more attacking kind of play. I, I will say this: we don't have a more attacking fullback than Ashley Cole, and I stated this several times last year that our team did not know how to use him for whatever reason. There were so many times he was making runs, and he actually scored today, um, and it was ruled offside because he made a darting run from the back, and he was already pretty forward uh, in an advanced position anyway. I'm not saying he's our best fullback. I'm just saying we haven't figured out how to use that guy properly. No, I think he gets uh, a he gets a lot of criticism, but of course, people are always going to look at the moment he had against Atalanta in the first well, minute, yeah. and exactly. Um, exactly. that's always going to be his his time at Rome is going to be defined by that moment. I think there's no doubt he's a hell of a player. It, we maybe we got him a little too late in his career. Um, age isn't helping, but it, it's kind of the problem is that when we get these older kind of fullbacks, like even Mike on, these are never long term solutions. And if we want to be a long term force, we need a guy like Bruno Perez. You know, we need. Yeah, I'm all we, for that. I, I have yeah. no no problems with that. I'm just saying, watching this game when when a team is backed up, right? They've got seven, eight in the box. A fullback isn't making darting runs at those points. They're already, they're standing behind the winger. The winger's already up front. There's no, there's not very much room where they're going to go past that person. So all we do is we play perimeter ball, try to make a, you know, an, a very difficult pass through to a striker uh, or a winger that even if it's completed, there's very little they're going to be able to do with the ball once they get it. So they're like, you know, it's just, there's something missing. The team, they don't know how to play together. There's too much, 
you're this role and that's it. It should be you're this role and this is how you work with these other two to five guys. And that's missing. And I, I think that's maybe the biggest issue of them all is, okay, we get Zeku and um, and then we have, we, we probably will try to get rid of both Dom, Dombia and, and Destro. Let's say we get Zeku. Or if we don't get him, it's it's um, more or less probably someone uh, of his type. So a uh, uh, a number nine striker, a prima punta. So you have him, and then you have Totti, and that's the opposite of the of the prima punta. It's the false nine. You can't right. have the team switch off and on, depending if Totti is is on the pitch. So that's how can See, you. I don't- I don't know. I don't know. And I have to, I actually have to leave a little sooner than I thought. So I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to have to run soon. Um, but I did want to say that I think Totti has shown over his career that he's flexible enough where he can play in a number of different positions. Now, should he start? I don't necessarily know, but I also don't think, I still think there's a big contingent of Roma fans who think that Totti has to go, Totti has to be dropped, Totti. And I, I just, I haven't seen him be the problem. I, I don't. I, I've rarely watched a match and thought we're losing this because Francesco Totti's on the pitch, you know? But it, that, that's not my point. My point is, where do you play him? Because we can't have the team, uh, playing with a, like a false nine, 45 minutes, and then suddenly we do a substitute and we have a striker in the box. We have to say, this is the kind of football we want to play. If Totti's on the pitch, you have to play on the wing. Is that a good idea? Maybe, maybe not, but we can have that big shift of style. Depending on if Totti is playing in the middle up front or Seco is. So we have to decide now what kind of football right. are that's, supposed that's to play. Garcia. That's one of the tough decisions Garcia really has to make. And, um, yeah. And, that, and then you have to ask yourself, is it enough with Seco? Probably not. We have to, we have to have two real strikers. And then yes. the question is, where do you put Totti in the equation? I'm yeah. going to cut you off, Alex, and I'm going to let Julian say whatever it is he wants to say before he has to go. Right. Um, so. I, you know, I'm sorry. Well, we will. I think we can do, should, can and should do this more often. I don't think we should take three months in between. And I'm excited to hear how you guys wrap up this one um, after I go. I did want to say, though, that I'm optimistic for the new season. Cautiously so. I think last season kind of stung a little bit. Um, but... At the end of the day, I'm interested to see how patient of a man James Pelota really is. And I think that's going to be the big storyline of this season. If we continue to struggle the way that everyone kind of predicts we are, the way that you just talked about, Greg, and it's clear that Garcia is not changing things up, I'm curious to see how long it goes before maybe there is serious talk of a sacking. And um, that would be that would be a concern, and that would, I mean, obviously just define the rest of the season for us. So, and I don't, I don't really know the answer to that question. He's been pretty loyal to the coach so far. Um, so we'll see. And I'm sorry, I do have to run. I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, thanks okay. for, uh, thanks for hopping on, buddy. Okay, take okay. care, guys. Have fun. Later. Bye. All right. Well, thank God he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> we kid because we care. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I was just, and I, I just forewarning for our, our listening audience, I sent Julian and Alex a message before we recorded warning them that I was not pleased and to prepare themselves uh, accordingly. Um, and I, I don't mean to, you know, beat the dead horse, but unfortunately, uh, Garcia keeps putting the dead horse out in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very frustrating. And I, I look at 
Argentina and I look at, I look at Colombia and I look at all these teams that have far more talent than their results indicate. And that has to tell you, it has to tell you that something is wrong. It's not the talent pool. It's the fact, it's how they're employed. It's, it's what they're doing. And you, there's just no way that all this kind, all this talent, especially up front, um, is not capable of breaking down uh, some of the teams that they're playing against. And Roma is exactly the same way. They have skilled enough players, yeah. but they're just they're just not working together, and they're not doing the things that they should do. They're stand, there's so much standing around, which ironically is the complete opposite of from what I remember the first year uh, under Garcia. Um, but they're standing around. And, you know, popping out to the ball and, and uh, making themselves available to the ball, you know, with their backs to the goal, which is fine. You have to do that on occasion for sure. Um, but no more incisive runs. Um, nobody really putting the pressure on the defense and those things work. You know, you can get behind the defense when the defense has to come out in order to meet a threat that's being put on them. And we are not putting any threats at all on the defense. We're not attacking the defense, which is why when we the Mercato started, I wanted somebody that either from the midfield or support striker or something like that that was going to attack the defense to help our wings and our and our you know number nine uh, be available and create those lanes. And we don't have that player right now on the team. What was the front line today? Was it Iturbe, um, Totti, Gervinho? Yeah, I mean, technically that we rolled four-two-three-one, so it was uh, Totti up top with um, Falke, assuming that's how you say his name, flanked by Iturbe and Gervinho. Okay, and, and there was no formation no, or there was no anything. I, I don't even. I can't remember very many shots on goal. Uh, that made it through by that by that group. That's appalling, considering our opponent. I mean, I will give. I will, like Julian said, I won't take too much uh, from this result, maybe. Um, but I would give. Let's say the next two games will give a very good indication whether things click or not. Uh, So, But I would focus on the result specifically, even if we win a game three nothing. If it's the same old, same old crap yeah, against good that's, opponents, that's not going to work. That's what I mean. I mean, everyone can have a bad, you know, just from going into a new season, first game, people are, you know, not coming into the great greatest shape. So you have to turn on that switch mentally as well. So maybe, maybe there's a combination of things. But given the Problems we had the last six months. Yeah, it's yep. uh, it's disheartening. It is right. I'm trying to say that the, our season is going to be terrible now because of this result. It's more more the concerning pattern yeah. of performance. Yes. That's that's what I'm trying to get. There's plenty of time to turn around. Plenty of time to make adjustments. Plenty of time to get better players in. Plenty of time to get uh, our returning players all back on the pitch. I understand that we're still a, a very You know, high quality team that will likely, you know, that will be in a great position to finish in Europe. Yes, some of the other teams, you know, have strengthened themselves and that is a concern or something to at least think about, but no less uh, so than the concerning uh, pattern of performances. 
one question we got from uh, Enzo. And he's just basically asking, what are our predictions for Roma's upcoming preseason fixtures versus Real Madrid and Manchester City in Australia from an excited Australasian Romanista? Very well said, Enzo, and I apologize for stumbling over your excellent use of Australasian. Um, But, you know, based on today's result, I'm not too, uh, or or how we played, uh, I'm not too confident, but, you know, we, we kind of slowly limped out of the gate last year, too, and we, we played uh, Madrid very well, so um, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm again, I'm much more concerned with, you know, what are we trying to do on the pitch, and like I said, if, if we had lost today 5 nothing, but it was because we were trying to, like, really be aggressive in how we approached the final third, I would have loved that. I, I would have been completely ecstatic. I would have been a lot more happier, you know, I would have been a lot happier if that resulted in, in goals and a win. Um, but if at least acknowledging the fact that, you know, we need to make some adjustments into in, in how we play and how our our players, you know, work with each other. Yeah. So if we come out against Madrid and do something completely wildly crazy and different, uh, you know, whatever the re- end result is of that, I'll be okay. Um. I just want to say, well, I have a couple of points I want to bring up. Firstly, um, there's a lot of positivity uh, when it comes to a striker like Zeko joining Roma. Um, and like, I've, I've tweeted this with, uh, and I read a few tweets from Thomas, who's been on the podcast, I Prima Punta, who's like... Very optimistic when it comes to how he will fit into Serie A and Roma, and I can see that he's a he's more or less he's 29 years old. When given faith in in uh, by Mancini in Manchester City, he scored like 24 of 25 goals one season, I think. So he's a he's a goal scorer. It's and I'm I, I can see him fitting in well. Uh, for Roma, and I, I'm for the transfer as long as we can get him cheap because um, I don't think we can. S- we're not the kind of club to spend too much on a player um, without the potential of actually getting much more in return later on. But he's 29, so if we buy him, it's you. You want to buy the end product that actually produces. Uh, high quality, and I, I think he has the potential to do that. Absolutely, I'm just like we talked about on this podcast. I can't see how Zeku, Dombia, Destro, you know, anyone you can put anyone up front, but they will struggle because we don't have any idea how to actually make that work up front. So. Uh, I guess I'm most concerned about how to play with Zeku than actually getting him uh, because we struggled so much last season. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. And, you know, I think a lot of these conversations were had, and I think you were a part of some of them on Twitter uh, when the rumors were first coming around. And, and it's just like, that's, that's great. You know, a lot of the good things I've read about him is that, you know, 
not only in the years that he scored, most of his goals were from Man City, but in, in some of the slightly more lean years, the goals that he did score were of significance. You know, he's a good, like, big goal scorer kind of player, which is great. Um, you need somebody that's going to be able to be in the right place at the right time to help you when you need it most. Uh, but nothing about the way we've played historically shows that having that type of, uh, you know, traditional number nine is going to work. You know, Garcia is all about movement, um, which is ironic because we do very little of it now. Um, you know, making darting runs and, and uh, not so much about let's hump it down the wing and, and throw it in the box and see what happens. We do do that from time to time, but we've never, ever, ever had anybody that, you know, has been in the right place. And maybe that's why they're getting him. Maybe that's why the focus has been, you know, largely on the fullbacks because that's something that they're hoping opens up the defense. Um, if they can show that, that they're, you know, Roma is a real threat down the wing now because they've got a traditional nine who is big and strong and can be, you know, impactful inside the box, that will open up uh, space for, you know, the, the more skilled side players. And I'm completely and totally open for that as a possibility and, and something that could potentially uh, help Roma improve. Um, but they've got a lot to do to let me know that that's what's going to happen. I think the other name that was linked with us... Um, Smitrovic of Antelest, who is close to Newcastle, he might be. There's so much reports of him being more or less ready for the club and then the total opposite. But, um, anyway, he's 20 years old and he maybe fit the profile, uh, of Roma coming from where we come from is buying young talents and then potentially sell them for more because we're not that kind of big spending club like Inter, Milan and Juventus. So I, I know there's a lot of skepticism of buying a 29-year-old like Zeku, but I don't think we will ever spend as much as they want from us. So it's it's going to be exciting to see what kind of price we actually end up paying. But I'm certain it won't be as much as they, they initially wanted for him, which is, I think, 20 million euros or so. I think so. It seems about right. To me, it's not about who should we go after Mitrovic or I think, I think it's in a situation where it's got to be both. I don't, I don't think we're in a situation where we, we need, where it's one or the other. I think we need both. I think we need, um, number one, you've, you've got a vice of the other. Um, that's similar playing style, but you know, and some, some differences. Uh, and then secondarily, um, you've got your now main guy and you've got your backup for the future. Yeah, that's, that's my thoughts as well. Um, I just don't think, um, I don't know if we're able to land a talent who can pick from a lot of offers, probably. I mean, Newcastle, Porto, Roma, and then we're ending up having a first priority on Zeko. It might not be that easy to land him and tell him to play a second fiddle so um, but but it, you know the idea is I, I agree with you on the idea we need two of them yeah. we probably need exactly. both the young one and the and the experienced one 
maybe, maybe it isn't, you know, those two. Um, but yes, conceptually, that's, that's what we need to do. That's where we need to be thinking, uh, around making sure that we've got, uh, and, you know, good, the, the now and the perhaps later yeah. versions of that position. And. But, uh, because just look at Juventus. They have such, um, quality up front and I, not only on the pitch, but on the bench. And I think that helped them a lot the last season. And it will help them this season with, I mean, they lost Tevez. That will be a huge blow. I mean, Dybala is a great talent. Um, but he's no Tevez yet. So this is, this is, this just goes to some of my other points. If you look at Tevez, what they will be missing most is obviously he's, you know, a great goal scorer, but what he does in terms of making his teammates better, of helping them score and uh you know getting them in better positions and helping from that perspective that's the that's the role that Roma just doesn't have yeah you know they don't have any i mean Totti can do it but he's obviously not as good at it as he used to be no he doesn't and have the feet to run as much as Tavis does exactly he he can't as much individually put the pressure on a defense the way Tevez can put the pressure on uh, a defense individually. So that's the, that's the kind of player that they, they really are missing. And it really bothers me when people are like, Oh, but wait, we've got Pjanic. No, mm. <laughs> not, not in a million years. No. When we look at the team now, it's, we replaced Destro's loan with Dumbia and then we're looking to offload, um, both of them now. And instead of looking at, you know, Dombia was the replacement of Destro, and now we just need to replace Dombia. I think if we get rid of Destro, we should replace Destro with a new striker. If we sell Dombia as well, we should replace him with a new striker. I think just having, you know, that one option is not enough. I mean, we have... Falki and, and Gervinho and Niturbe and probably, and, and Jajic. And yeah, you can put them in the center, but it's not, I don't think it's, it, that won't win you anything. Um, so, so we need, I, I think we, we need to replace both of them going out. And I, I don't know how you look on, on, on those two and the quick exit of Dombia and Destro not returning. Well, I mean, I just, I look at it, in the sense that, you know, and I think I saw this on Twitter somewhere, where we've, the one signing we've made is the one player type we've already got in spades, and that's the, the pacey winger type, right? Because that's kind of what, uh, Falke's, you know, skill set lies in. Um, can play centrally as well, but it's just, it's very, it makes you kind of question, like, well, well, having seven of those guys isn't going to do us any better if they're not getting the ball. So, uh, or if they're getting the ball and don't, you know, what to do with it or don't have anybody to pass it off to or whatever the situation is based on the myriad of issues Roma has. So, um, I, I feel bad for Doombi. I know he didn't really help his cause. You know, he wasn't fit and, and all that. But in reality, how many touches of a ball in the games that he played did he get? 
You know, how many how many times was he given the ball in a great scoring or that led that would have put him in a position to have a great scoring chance, um, and it was his fault that the scoring chance didn't go in, you know, or that that the play never happened. I mean, very little was down to him. I mean, it was all about how we play. Uh, he just he never got the ball. He never got the ball in a good position. You know, um, his first touch let him down a few times, but. More often than not, he was just still standing there like, what do you guys want me to do? Yeah, it's similar to Destro's role as well. And, uh, yeah. but that's why it's like, oh, but, but what's the type of player we're gonna, we're gonna replace them with? The same exact player. Yeah. That's why it's, it's gotta be more about what they do with the ball and how they play than what players you put in. Yeah. But just yeah. To, before we wrap it up, um, i mean, Dombia, Destro might leave, uh, and Julian mentioned Romagnoli. How's your, how's your take on the whole? Because that's a dilemma. Because how I, the the way I see it, I want to keep Romagnoli because I think he can be the next big thing. But it, it's only one year ago, uh, I mean, two two seasons ago, we had him, and people were like, you know, giving him a hard time that he's not ready. Uh, we should just loan him out. And yada yada yada, and I'm not, you know, the Santoria loan gave so much to him, and he proven so much already. But keep in mind, we already have Manolas and Castan, and if Milan suddenly cough up 30 million, that's a lot of money for Roma to spend elsewhere to improve the first eleven. And so that's really an offer you can't really refuse. But anything below 30. I think we should refuse uh, solely on the whole. He's Roman, and we need the Italian Roman, you know, uh, especially when it's such a big talent. But with 30 million for a player who's probably gonna play a lot of games, but not as a clear first choice, I think it's really a big dilemma for Roma. If if Milan puts up the money, it will be uh, a really tough one for. To, to consider but I want to keep him but I don't know if he can afford saying no to 30 million when he's yeah. not the obvious first choice that's that's the kicker right I mean it's the mar it's it's the Marquinhos but worse right because if you just if you remove emotionality and pros and cons you know kind of list those out there's too many pros to keeping him The fact that he's Italian and, and Roman and a homegrown player and, and the requirements of needing those kinds of players, that's significant. You can't really understate that. Um, uh, and, you know, the, he's shown throughout every challenge put in front of him that he will meet it and, you know, continue to grow. I mean, if that last, that season that you referenced that he played for us, he played right back or left back. I can't remember which one. You know, in a in a handful of games where we were really pressed and ran out of players and held his own. You know, he may not have been like the the major attacking threat going down, you know, <laughs> up and down the wing, but he he certainly didn't embarrass himself at all and did quite well from a defensive perspective. So, this is this is a guy that has loads of talent, is likely the future of the Italian defense. Um, And even at 30 million, I, I hesitate to say yes. Uh, now you, you laid out all the reasons why, you know, one could slash should say yes, uh, in terms of the fact that, you know, 
that's 30 million for a guy that you're not even going to be giving, you know, starting 11 time to, you know, theoretically, uh, based on who we already have in camp. Um, that doesn't mean that there wouldn't be a whole lot of playing time for him. Um, I think with all the competitions we'll be in, uh, Keston coming back from, um, from, uh, his injuries and, uh, looking at the, you know, walking potential yellow red card Manolas could be at times. Um, he's, and he, he's going to play. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think he's really too worried about playing time. But then the, the final chapter is the, then Julian brought this up and it's a great point, uh, making your opponent better. And, and that's not something that, you know, I, I'm in a hurry to do, uh, to, to give Milan somebody that is exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, because so the, that the, is definitely a concern. He's the perfect fit for Mihalovic. So that was actually a question I just received from, uh, from Hansek on, uh, on Twitter. Sell Romagnoli for 30 million, yay or nay? Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, just to look at it. Yay or nay, Greg? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't speak uh, Norwinglish. Um, right, right now I'm saying nay. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'm saying nay as well, just because I think there's so much uncertainty around Kastan, and I think with Kastan's brains, you know, uh, and um, uh, and uh, Manola's speed, there's a perfect combination there. And if I wanted Romagnoli in there, it would be for Kastan and not for Manola's, simply because of the. I think uh, Romagnoli has some of the same qualities Kastan has. So I think we need all three of them. But that said, it does mean we can't really spend as much potentially on, on the wing backs as we could. And uh, there there was a lot of, you know, um, hopes for bringing Darmian. And I'm sh- uh, they said that Roma had a bid in, but when you compete with, you know, Manchester United, it's it's really not much you can do. I think anyone would jump on that opportunity. So the the question is now who... Who could we bring in with that kind of money that that the thirty million, you know, gives you? And right now, it's it might not be that easy to reinvest them uh, in the in that you know obvious upgrades. So I would rather keep him and then let uh, Sabatini works his magic and you know uh, try to find uh, use his uh, network in South America and find. A Brazilian back we can sell to Inter for 50 million if he doesn't, you know, <laughs> work out. So I would rather keep him, but uh, again, I don't know if he can afford to say no to 30 million, but, um. Yeah, it's, uh, that's why, that's why I'm saying for now, I need to see how the rest of the Mercato goes. Yeah. And that, that could certainly influence that decision. And, and that may be the plan. Like, you know, I, I saw, again, it's just rumors and you never really know how much to, to put in them, but, um, you know, that we were, uh, looking at, um, was it Vidic or the, the center back from, uh, Fiorentina? Savage, was it? Savage rather, yes, sorry, wrong, uh, wrong itch. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it looks like Walter is trying to do his due diligence and finding a backup if, if we do make the, the, the deal. So, you know, that's good that, you know, we're, we're thinking that way. 
because obviously it's going to be a requirement should we lose him. But um, right now I would definitely stay the course and see what happens and uh and and go from there and and not you know rush to uh replace him without having to basically no let's see you the next weeks um i i think we have, there's enough things going on to make a new podcast in the in the summer weeks so that's for the future podcast that won't hopefully take as long as it did last time we say this all the time um we did have an uh, an excuse this time, Greg, didn't we? I mean, you 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 had to cut yourself open. You stop well, do, you stop doing that stuff. It, it hurts La Magicast. <laughs> so, uh, well, listen, the the me having spinal surgery does not mean that La Magicast can cannot move forward. You guys are more than uh, welcome to uh, you know find somebody to mix it up with without me. It did go well, didn't it? So you're yeah, so far so good. Yeah, on the road to recovery. Yes, so that's great. So we had a reasons to be to suck on the, the frequency on recording, but we hopefully will manage to keep, you know, doing these uh, when we have, you know, everyone has the time to come together. Yes, and don't uh, don't take our lack of recording as a. Uh, a sign that we don't like doing this or we don't care or whatever. We absolutely love recording this podcast and, uh, we'll make every effort to bring you guys more and more content, uh, as we go. Yeah. So next time, probably with more news on the, on the whole La Roma next season. So it's still early, but given the game today, the skepticism still lives on and that's, <laughs> That's, you know, that's uh, all, all is normal in that. Yeah, as I say, situation normal then, yeah. basically. Yep. Alright, so until next time then, maybe. Alright. Thanks. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Julian. Julian. Grazie, Roma. Ciao. Ciao.